Go do your first deal. You don't have to have all of the answers to do your first deal. You will learn as you get through that initial phase. Write the check, you know, so that one day you can be telling your story to a group of people rather than just always the listener. Welcome to the Apartment Investing Journey, where we explore every facet of multifamily investing and development with top investors, brokers, and service providers who share their strategies, successes, and secrets to help you on your apartment investing journey. Hey guys, welcome to the Apartment Investing Journey. I'm David Robinson. I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Dane Hill. Dane, how are you doing? Doing great. All right. Good Good to have you. I am really excited about our guest today. I heard this guy present at a local uh, real estate investors association meeting. And he had a really cool story that was inspiring to me. I just think he is, he's got a story to share with people that will inspire others as well. And so without further ado, Tyler Kohler, thanks for joining us. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm excited to dive into things with you today, but before we do, a little bit about Tyler. Uh, he's the owner and manager of Infinite Homes, where he is responsible for the strategy and capital deployment for multifamily projects through syndication. He earned a business management degree from Utah State University. He originally started out flipping homes and flipped over 50 single-family residential homes with an average profit of $27,000. He's raised over $4 million for seven value-add syndication projects in Utah and Idaho. Those projects, I believe, consisting of 52 units, 43 unit, 24 unit, an 11 unit, an 8 unit, and then a 119 unit storage facility. He is a father of three young daughters and husband to his wife, Lindsay, probably the most important thing. So, Tyler, thanks for being on, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. So, tell us, if you don't mind, just take a minute and just tell us a little bit more about yourself just so that people can get to know you better. So, I'm complicated. Let's just say that, start there. <laughs> um, you know, I, I get distracted easily, so I like to jump around. Um, I've had lots of jobs in the past, and I think ultimately I found my calling here in real estate. And so, I'm finally found where it's comfortable. Um, but I've done a lot. I feel like experience is key in this business, you know, to have, uh, you know, have done a lot of different trades or to done some, you know, different businesses. But, uh, you know, as complicated as it is, I have three daughters too. So that's pretty complicated, you know, in and of itself. So um, I have to be a chameleon. I have to adapt. Yeah, I bet. So, I've got two and I can't imagine that third. So, yeah, but it, it is fun. It's never, never a dull moment in my life. There's a couple things that I want to dive into today, but this the story that sort of inspired me, and to be honest, was a catalyst for me to start to go down this path and learn more about um, uh, apartment syndication, bigger apartment deals, was that meeting. And mm-hmm. so I want to dive into that a little bit um, and and really talk about your transition from single family fix and flip, which there's a lot of guys in our industry that are in that space right now and are dealing with the grind of cash in, cash out, uh, constantly doing deals and trying to find those deals. And, and there's a lot of the same stuff that goes on in the bigger deals. But talk to us about that transition for you from doing fix and flip to then starting thinking about doing bigger deals and ultimately making your way into you know apartment yeah. syndication. 
Yeah, and that's good. Uh, it, I started out just like everybody else. I left college and I didn't know what it is that I wanted to do, but I knew that I, one thing I knew for sure is that I didn't want to work. Like I didn't want to have a nine to five job. And so I looked at real estate as being that vehicle to get there, where if I could create passive income, if I could work for a few years, buy some rentals, then I truly wouldn't have to work. And they say, if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. And, and I truly love real estate. And so bottom line, I wanted to get to a place in my life where I have that mailbox money, where I could buy a couple of properties and have rent coming in. But what I learned is that uh, through flipping homes is I, I wanted to build up enough revenue and get familiar with the the real estate you know, business of flipping in hopes that I could put, put away some cash and buy some rental properties. And so in flipping my properties, it was, it was great income for a few years. And then I started buying single family rentals and I realized how slow that was. I love making the money in flips, but I knew that, that that would soon run out if this economy corrected or if I, if I made small mistakes, then all that profit is gone. And I thought those are expensive lessons. And so I knew quickly that I, I wanted to play in a bigger arena. I needed to get into the apartment buildings where instead of doing one transaction for a small house that had one tenant or one door, I needed to get into an apartment building in one transaction that had multiple doors. And so that catapulted me into the apartment space. And I had no idea what I was doing. And maybe that's what makes my story kind of unique and interesting is that I don't think I'm very intelligent, you know, and, and I spoke at that meeting and, and I think that I'm relatable to a lot of people because I don't have all the answers. I don't, I can sit in the back of a, a you know, a RIA meeting and just be like everybody else taking notes. And I think, oh, that's interesting. You know, maybe I'll apply that one day. But I was kind of the motivated idiot at that one time in my life that wrote a $50,000 non-refundable check for a property I knew nothing about. And I just kind of rolled the dice. And in the end, it's a great story. But when I talked earlier about experiences, that was a really, really amazing experience that led me to future deals and ultimately where I am today. You mentioned this $50,000 non-refundable check on what I believe was your very first apartment deal. Correct. Take me back to that place. Mm -hmm. um, let's yeah. talk about the process of acquiring that property from making the relationships to yeah. actually pulling the trigger and, and closing on the deal. Yeah, good question. Um, so the process is, is different. So I would buy my flips through the MLS or through wholesalers. Well, you have to, you really have to be developing relationships in the apartment space because there's so much, there's so many fewer deals that come, come your way and, and you have to be uh, a qualified buyer. And so what I did, and this would be good advice for anybody else that's looking to get started, is I went and met and developed relationships with brokers that are in the commercial space. And I took, I went and met with a, a friend of mine in this space who was doing deals of $50 million or more. And I didn't go to him for him to send me deals. I went to him to say, hey, introduce me to the right people. Put me in, in the right place that I can meet some people. And he introduced me to a kid that was brand new in the broker business. And he and I, you know, kind of had this unique, you know, relationship where we were both new and we both didn't know what we were doing. I call it a motivated idiot. You know, we're just motivated. <laughs> idiots. You know, I like it. Together. And when you choose multifamily, you don't really get to be very specific about what it is that you're looking for. 
And so I go sit down with him and he qualifies me and then I qualify him. And ultimately I left with him knowing that I just wanted to buy an apartment deal. I didn't get to pick the city. I didn't get to pick the size of the units. I just said, I'd love to buy an apartment. And so a couple of weeks goes by and he calls me and he says, get in your car, uh, drive to Ogden. I've got a deal. And, and I just get in my car, you know, like drive to Ogden. And subjectively, I wasn't ever interested in buying apartments in Ogden, which was kind of unique. You know, it's like Ogden, you know, I think of Salt Lake. And, uh, and I get up there and uh, the whole time I'm driving and thinking I should just turn around, you know, I don't want to be in Ogden. And I get there and I pull in and it's like the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen, you know, the most beautiful location. And in doing flips, I remember seeing ugly properties, but uh, I know I have the vision for what the property can be. I can see it for what it is, but then I know what it can also be. So I pulled in and I said, there is so much potential in this property. So I get out of the car, I meet with Derek, the broker, and, and then I'm meeting with the property manager who's going to get us inside of the units. And I remember walking in the units just thinking, this is incredible, this is amazing. But then I also had this feeling of being overwhelmed. Um, he told me the price of it, it was $3 million. And I had to close in 60 days. So um, I remember driving fast to the property because there were, other bro there were other potential buyers that were on their way. He had called like 10 people. And so I'm driving the fastest so I can be the first one. You know? <laughs> there was no appointments, it was just come. And so uh, I remember walking through the units and saying, this feels good. Something about it just feels good. I don't have all the answers. I don't even know what questions to ask, but it feels right. And I said, what's next? What do I need to do? And he said, did you bring your checkbook? And I said, yeah, you know. He says, they want a $50,000 non-refundable check today to wrap this up. And I said, oh my gosh, like I've never done that before. There's no seminar I went to that taught me how to, you know, make how much money deposit. So I, I've got to ask a question in yeah. here. Had you had any experience underwriting value-add multifamily apartments? I knew enough to be dangerous, you know. I'd gone to uh, lots of syndication courses. I'd paid for uh, some coaching. I knew that it was a space that I want to be in. But just like when you flip a house, you can't learn how to flip a house until you buy a house and you're physically tearing out sheetrock. Yeah, you, know? you have to go through those, uh, you know, the pitfalls to really go through the experience of flipping a house. And um, but within five minutes, I got hit with that you need to write me a check for 50 grand that they never prepare you for that in those you know, apartment. <laughs> so that night after you got home, after writing that check, like what was going through your mind? Yeah. So I remember and in my, you know, David, when we met is that I got on the trunk of my car and I remember that feeling of writing a check that I thought I may never see again. You know, I remember thinking this could go beautifully, but there's also all of these things between now and the closing of this property that I have to go prepare for. And I kept thinking to myself, this is tuition. If I don't buy this property, I think of all those courses that I didn't take, that this would just be the investment into education, okay? Or it could be the difference in a million dollars, you know, the, my future profits on this deal. Um, so I wrote the check, I handed it to Derek, and I remember asking him, I said, well, what now? And he says, congratulations, you've got this property wrapped up. And I don't really know what that meant yet, but I did call my wife and I said, uh, we're in the game, you know, we're in the game. And I remember having that sick feeling because I didn't believe it quite yet. <laughs> you are in the game, yes, but we're only, you know, going in debt. 
you know. But I had to keep having self-talk and saying, hey, you're in the game. Like, you can walk a little higher. You've just leveled up. But you still have that pit in your stomach saying, I have no idea what I just did. Okay. So you write this check for 50 grand. You go home to your wife. Uh, so and essentially, you have this under contract. Yes. What were the next steps? Um, and so then you start going through those steps. And, you know, I started to put together my inspection list. I started getting all the financials from the property uh, manager and from the sellers. And uh, you just start putting it all together. And I started getting to the point where I was having discussions with uh, investors. And that was probably the piece that hit me the, the hardest, the unexpected conversations. Now you're dealing with high net worth individuals that you have to sell them on the idea of buying real estate, giving you a million dollars. That's what I needed. And uh, trusting you that you know what you're doing when in fact you have no idea what you're doing. Okay. So I really leveraged my track record with flips and borrowing money for flips. And then I went to my past employers and I said, Hey, I've done a good job for you in this industry. Take a chance on me in this other industry. And, uh, and I couldn't quite put together the, uh, the structure for the deal. You know, what percentage does my investor get, you know, and what does his return on his money look like? Uh, how does all this break down? That was probably the toughest thing for me to understand. And, uh, and I kept having uh, practice conversations with those investors. And I just remember kicking myself after everyone saying, gosh, you shouldn't have said this. You shouldn't have said that. And I think that, again, you have to go through that to learn. You can't learn that in a course. You have to actually be talking to people to learn what to say, what not to say. So uh, you eventually raised the million, I believe, from one individual, correct? One investor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how did you structure the deal, if you don't mind? Yeah. Just, I mean, just a, a broad overview. Yeah. So um, that leads into, um, I flew out to see one of my mentors. Uh, I, I had structured it the way that I thought it should be. And then I remember sitting there thinking, like, I, I'd structured it to be 60-40. A 60% equity return to my investor, and I keep 40%. And uh, I saw an ad. I followed Grant Cardone, like, a lot. And I was religious Grant Cardone. And uh, he had a coaching uh, incentive, said, hey, pay me $5,000 and I'll give you 15 minutes. And I bought it. Like, I just like called up and said, hey, I need 15 minutes with Grant. And they said, well, what about? And I said, I've got a deal. I just wanted to look at it and give me feedback. So we booked it for like two weeks out. I paid my five grand and I went and sat down with Grant and I showed him my structure. And he says, hey, I think you gave me good feedback and uh, ultimately tweaked just a couple things. And he says, if he doesn't do that deal, I will. And I knew that he wouldn't do the deal with me, but he made me believe that that was a, a, a better structure than I had. So I went back to my partner in Salt Lake and I said, hey, these are a couple tweaks. Uh, I feel 50-50 is fine. And we ended up ultimately settling on 50-50. And wow. so in the end, my partner is going to double, almost triple his money on this deal. And we just hit our two-year, our two-year mark. And uh, we're now refinancing the property and taking his initial investment out in year two. And are you staying in it? We're both staying in it. We're going to keep gotcha. it. Yep. Pulling out the initial investment and then you're both staying in it 50-50. Correct. Yeah. So our structure doesn't change, but we've remodeled the entire project. We put two and a half million dollars into it. It has been an incredible project. It has been really fun. So it's uh, <clears throat> it was a, 54, a 52 unit. The initial purchase price was 3 million. 
Correct. You raised a million and mm-hmm. got bank debt on yes. the other two. Wrong. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if I remember right, what, what was the business plan with that? And tell, talk to us a little bit about the business plan going in and what the game plan was. Yeah. So it needed a total remodel. I remember seeing the property and kept thinking, man, we got to open up these kitchens. It needs new plumbing. And uh, we, it has four buildings. And so the way the property is laid out is pretty awesome for a remodel. And so we just started remodeling one building. We vacated all of the tenants in one building and then kept the other ones full. And once we finished that building, we re-rented it for the new rents. And then my contractor went to the next building. So we kind of had this domino effect of vacancies and then filling them up. And uh, the construction company was incredible. I would, I would work with these guys again. I had a really good experience with my contractor. Um, I think that made the difference too. We were able to stay on budget. Um, I believe that they over-delivered. And so that, that process went really smooth. But with the property manager too, it's this fine line of finding out what your properties really should rent for. I knew what I projected. You know, when I sat down with, with Grant, we went over the demographics and the rents. And, uh, and in fact, I was low. And because my projections were low and we we're getting more, it made me look like the hero because I now get to over deliver when I under promised. And so with my partner, that was really key. So anybody running their figures, set yourself up for success down the future where you get to under deliver, under, you know, promise and over deliver on, on the back end. But our, our construction phase was two years. We rented out immediately, which makes me think my rents might be still a little bit low. And, um, and so each building had how many units in them? Yeah. So the front building had 17 and then, uh, one had 12, 12 and 11. Gotcha. Buildings. And did you, did you add another building? There was another aspect to it where I think you mentioned that you had added another building. No, we have land on the back of our property that we can add another building. Gotcha. On the road, we, we have approval from uh, the city of Ogden to build 12 more units. Gotcha. So that's in our back pocket now if we want to do that. Dane, do you have any questions that come to mind? Um, so when you bought the land for that, um, well, when you bought the property with that land in the back, was it already like entitled for those extra units or did you work through the city to get that? Yeah, that's good. So uh, it was not entitled. We did have to work through the city. And in fact, uh, I went to the city meetings of, of Ogden finding out what their what their vision is for Ogden. And because we're located in South Ogden, we're in like a new growth area. It's, a, it's on the East bench by the hospital by Weber state. And so they do have a shortage of housing. There's not a lot of places where they can build apartments. So we took them a site plan and some uh, rough drawings and said, Hey, what if we could build 12 more units here? What would be um, the pushback? And they said, well, you've already used up all your space, you know, parking stalls would be limited. So we made a couple proposals and they said, yeah, we could push that through. You'd be fine. And so I don't think that it was uh, when we bought the property, it was available to us to build. But I think they've seen our progression in the apartments and they like what we've done, where you start earning, you know, some credibility from the cities. If we had more time, I'd like to dive into more of the detail about that particular deal. But I also want to just talk in general about this concept because um, let's see, when did you purchase that 52 unit? Yeah, uh, June 1st of 2017. So 2017 and all of the other acquisitions, the other seven acquisitions have come after that date? Yes, I, I did, uh, I think six transactions in 2018. 
when you and I were talking offline, you mentioned this concept of the law of the first deal. Mm-hmm. And tell us what that means. Yeah. When you go through start to finish on, on my 52 units, when you, when you acquire that property and you go through the whole cycle, you learn a lot. Um, and then what I did is I, I, I got to the point where I felt comfortable reaching back out to these brokers and saying, okay, I'm ready now for another deal. I don't think in June of 2017, I could have had two deals on my plate. I was happy and content with one. I was still excited um, and I was learning. But then the first of the year came around and I thought I could take on another deal. So when I reached back out to my broker, uh, I had, and I like the word credibility, because I had already purchased the deal from him. And so he knows that I can perform and close. And, and that's probably the most important thing to having your first deal done is that when you go back out to new sellers, you have a track record of closing on a deal. Um, I have a property that I'm selling right now. And most of the people that call me have never done a deal before. And so with my experience, I asked them, have you purchased, you know, multifamily in the past? And they say, no, I kind of know that they're just looking. They're just, you know, window shopping. Now, if somebody says, yes, I have purchased a deal in the past, I'm a buyer. Uh, I take them way more serious knowing that they can perform. And so if anybody is getting into this business, uh, having your first deal in your belt is, is huge. So what would be the steps then if that, if, if, if this concept of getting your first deal under your belt and, and granted you've, you've shared your story, but what advice, what, what would be maybe the, the three steps that you would encourage anybody to take who is looking to get into bigger deals, uh, apartment syndication or just uh, apartment buildings in general? Yeah. Uh, what, what would be the three steps to get someone into their first deal that you would suggest? Yeah. So you don't have to do a deal alone. And so if I had a hard time, I my backup plan, if I wrote $50,000 and I knew I wasn't getting it back, my backup plan was to go to somebody else in this space and ask for a partnership and say, Hey, I've, I've got the deal locked up. I'm 50,000 hard. What if we work together? That was my plan B. Um, I'm doing a deal right now with an individual that is doing their first deal and we're partnering. He reached out to me and said, Hey, I've got a deal. I don't think I can do it alone. Come in and work with me. And we're taking this deal down together. Um, that would be my first thing is that if you're intimidated or if you don't have the relationships, you can't find the deals, find a partner. And I'm happy to partner with people. Um, the relationships would be the second thing. Uh, I remember walking into a, a broker's office one time and, uh, and I didn't have a business card on me. And there was a new broker sitting in the chair. And he had introduced himself to me and said, hey, it's my first week. And I remember pulling out my wallet and I had a $100 bill there. And I said, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have a business card. He didn't have any either because he was brand new. And I wrote my name and my phone number on a $100 bill. And I said, hey, here's my number. Okay. Do you think that's memorable? Do you think Absolutely. when he has a deal? Yes. And so those relationships are huge. Is talking to individuals that are also in this space. I think there's a lot of times where you can also waste a lot of time because everybody wants to talk about a deal and beat it up. I think you have to qualify people and say, okay, who are the real deal makers in this room? Who are the people actually buying real estate versus just talking about it in uh, our, the professional students? You know, I come across people all the time that they know their stuff, but they've never bought a deal. And so align yourself with people buying deals and form partnerships. Well, we need to start winding it down, but uh, before we do, Dane, do you have any other questions or thoughts for Tyler? 
Yeah, the, one of the questions that came to mind was um, the deals that you bought since that first one, um, mm-hmm. were they through brokers or on market, off market? And tell me a little bit about kind of where they came from. Yeah, all through brokers. Yep, and were they like brokers. actual like listed properties or were they stuff that they were kind of like working on that hadn't hit the market yet? They were all private offerings. And so deals that hadn't been seen by very many people. So again, coming back to those relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being able to see the deal first. You know, you can get on LoopNet and you can find a lot of deals. How fun is it to go, you know, shop a deal that everybody else has seen and turned down? You know, yeah. don't you feel kind of like the dummy buying that deal? Yeah. <laughs> I have three final questions for you. But we, before we dive into that, I want to get your thoughts on buying in Utah versus out of state. There's mm-hmm. a lot of discussion here in Utah around the fact that multifamily values and and the the cap rates that properties are trading at are just at a peak. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a really good point. And uh, today, just uh, KSL uh, did a special on uh, uh, the the supply and demand issue that we have here in Utah. Uh, pricing for uh, rentals is is through the roof. It's hard to find affordable housing. People can't buy a home, and people are having a, a hard time renting a house. And so. I think being familiar with your market is really key. I'm not afraid of Utah. I still love Utah, but you have to be able to stay in the affordable pricing. And so you need to find properties that might have discounts. Uh, I don't think that you're, I'm going to be quick to jump in and remodel properties in Utah because I I don't think that we have to have the newest and shiniest anymore. Uh, But I like larger markets. I think a lot of people are giving up on Utah and going out of state. You hear a lot of people purchasing in the Midwest. I think that's fantastic, but I'm not an expert in those in those markets. Um, I do love Boise and I love Salt Lake City, and uh, I'm focusing all my energy to stay here locally because this is the market that I'm comfortable with. You might pay a little bit more, but the rents are higher. You're gonna you're gonna capture that uh, return faster. Cool. I'm not buying for discount every time. Or cap rate. Well, Tyler, uh, let's wind down here. I got three questions for you about your apartment investing journey. I want your just uh, knee-jerk gut instinct answer for us. You you ready? Yeah, that's scary. All right. So uh, what's the biggest mistake you've made during your apartment investing journey so far? Great question. Um, I believe in control. Uh, I uh, I have a contractor right now that has stolen some money from us. And uh what a huge learning opportunity. It is not fun to go through and, and uh, be fighting for your money back. Uh, but I think that I would have done things, I know that I would have done things differently in paying my contractors, uh, setting up legal documents, uh, contracts. I would, I would highly encourage people to be aware of the, uh, the, the horror stories in this industry are real. And, and there are people being taken advantage of. Talk to talk to people that have done this before and ask them what you need to do to what you need to look out for, how to vet people. Um, that's that's probably the biggest problem I faced. What's the biggest win you've had in your apartment investing journey so far? That first deal. Now that first deal, which is cool about that first deal, it's not my favorite deal. And so uh, it was the first deal and it's been fantastic, but it's not my favorite. And so uh, I like some of my other properties a little bit more for other reasons, but how fun is that to say, you know, it, it's the power of that first deal. Let me get to like, I love some of my other children more than the other ones, right? <laughs> that's what it sounds like. They're all great properties, but they all, they all do uh, unique things. 
that one got you into the game. It did. Mm-hmm. And then uh, lastly, what's your best advice for someone who's just barely starting their apartment investing journey? Yes. Um, when I went to Utah State, my, I was a student. I played on the baseball team up there. I loved dating. I loved the social scene. And, uh, but I was not progressing in school. I went to Utah State for far longer than I should have before I got my degree. And I remember going home to my dad saying, you know, you're just a professional student. And, and it bothered me my whole life. I was glad that I got my degree, but I, the term professional student has always stuck with me. So when I started going to these RIA meetings, you see a lot of people in the RIA meetings. A lot of people came to the course I taught at. How many of those people will be forever students or professional students just sitting in the classroom? How many of them will never do their first deal? Go do your first deal. You don't have to have all of the answers to do your first deal. You will learn as you get through that initial phase. Write the check, you know, so that one day you can be telling your story to a group of people rather than just always the listener. That would be my advice. That's great. That's awesome. Well, look, I know that uh, you've got another appointment to run to. I appreciate your time. Um, I loved hearing your story about your first acquisition with that $3 million 52 unit apartment deal in Ogden, having to write a check for 50K non-refundable earnest money right there on the back of the car. Uh, You flying out to Grant Cardone's office, writing another check for five grand to sit down with him for 15 minutes to have him help you underwrite the deal and structure the deal. And then ultimately uh, your restructuring of the whole business relationship. Once you got that added knowledge uh, Mm -hmm. to structure the right deal for both you and your partner. And then it sounds like it's been a huge win for you guys pulling all your money back out and staying in the property 50-50. Uh, love that story. I love your advice on just taking action and getting after it. Yeah. I Tyler. you guys having me. This is fantastic. Cool. Well, we'll connect soon. Appreciate you having on, and I uh, hope you have a great day. Good deal. Thanks, guys. Okay. Take yeah. care. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you liked this episode, please take a quick second and hit that subscribe button. Uh, Even better, leave a quick review. This helps our show get found by others and helps us attract great guests as well. So thank you so much for joining me and we'll see you next week for another episode.